Suicide is a tough topic, but the Washington County Reach for Hope Suicide Prevention Coalition wants you to know that there is always hope. We are a caring community reaching out to provide compassion and hope for a community free of suicide. In the next half hour, we'll talk with community partners to identify risk factors, raise awareness, and discuss prevention strategies. Hi, I'm Melissa Anderson. Thanks for joining us on another edition of Reach for Hope, where there's always hope. We're a suicide prevention program, and we want to talk about prevention of suicide, obviously. While it's not often openly talked about suicide ideology among college students is a big concern nationwide and especially here in southern utah with us today is casey shakespeare from the southern utah ahic at dixie state university welcome casey thanks for being on the show today thanks for having me tell me what is ahec ahec stands for area health education center so we're a federally funded program through hersa uh, and what we do is workforce development for healthcare. so we help people in the entire process from high school all the way up to practicing healthcare professionals and just support them in the process. So how long have you been here at Dixie State then? Uh, about f almost five years. Yeah. And and uh, how does this play into um, campuses across the nation? Is this something that everyone has the opportunity to do? Uh, the AHEC program? Yes. Uh -huh. uh, mm, not everybody, but uh, a lot of, uh, it's, a, it's a nationwide program, so there's a lot of AHECs out there, but it's it's not on every college campus. Right, so we're fortunate to have you here, mm -hmm. thanks. Um, now, why is it that college students may be vulnerable to having, you know, uh, needs to support mental health? Mm -hmm. Well, it's a transition period in your life. I mean, it's, you're moving away from home for the first time and getting your first real taste of being an adult and being responsible for all that comes with being an adult. And it's a, it can be a difficult transition period. And there's also, you know, a lot of additional stresses with, uh, you know, classwork and, you know, some of the student athletes have the additional stress factors and uh, th things of that nature. So what other kinds of stressors might be out there besides keeping their grades up and, and, and maybe finals? <laughs> well, I think just finding your own identity. This is a, kids that are in college, it's an identity search, you know, figuring out who they are as a person and, and exploring those identities. And, uh, you know, oftentimes exploring identities, maybe they weren't able to explore in high school and uh, really trying to figure out where they belong in the world. And that, that can be stressful, it can be difficult, and it can lead some kids to really get discouraged. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to figure out where mm -hmm. you might fit in or don't fit in or don't want to fit in. Mm -hmm. Trying yeah. to de determine what you're going to do with your life and what you're going to do for a career. And, you know, it feels like a lot of pressure for college students. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure the older that they get, maybe the less um, stress comes on to that as they mm -hmm. kind of fit in after you yeah, know, their senior year. I would say so. But then, you know, there, there are a lot of uh, difficult events that happen throughout the college experience. And I think some people kind of, it, it can, the trend can go in reverse where they feel a little bit more structured and, and a little bit better as freshmen. And as they, they move forward and things don't progress the way that they think they're going to, or the way that they want them to, it can lead to additional stresses and depression. Well, yeah. And also financial commitment, knowing mm -hmm. that if they get, when they get out, they have to find a job and, mm -hmm. and they got to pay off the student loan. Yeah. Seeing those totals go up every semester for what you are, you owe for, for student loan debts, I think creates a lot of stress as well. Right. Now, uh, recently you helped start the Healthy Trailblazer mm -hmm. Coalition. Tell us what that is. So we uh, were able to get some funding to be able to work with students, to empower students to be a part of helping create a healthier and happier environment on campus and creating more resources. So who all belongs to that? So it's a campus-wide coalition. So we, we want to make sure everybody knows that uh, all DSU students are, are part of that and have the opportunity to participate in that. And we're here to serve everybody. 
about how many people do you have involved then? Uh, only about 25, 30 right now. Uh, and some of those are about half of that's faculty and staff that are supporting in different capacities. So we're still looking to add more students, get more students involved to help build out the full coalition. Mm -hmm. So how are you educating students then on resources and, and what's your mission with, with uh, supporting mental health and wellness? Mm -hmm. Well, right now, uh, the majority of the education we're doing is through social media. Um, we were able to build up a, a decent little platform um, over the last semester and we're, we're going to continue building that. But we'll be doing some activities on campus throughout the next year and uh, doing some educational events and, and more social media outreach and, and signage on campus and just supporting other existing uh, initiatives that are happening for mental health and suicide prevention. Now, you're not doing this blindly. You follow mm -hmm. something called the Communities That Care Model. Tell us what that Correct. is. Correct. Yeah, the Communities That Care Model is an evidence-based model for how to build an effective coalition. So um, it, it, it's difficult to pull together a group of people and know what steps to take to, to really be able to create an effective group. And the Communities That Care Model provides kind of an outline steps to take to be able to be an effective group. Um, and it involves kind of an overall structure of a coalition, which includes having key leaders from campus who are staff and faculty that uh, kind of are involved in this arena already or are over different areas of campus that have a big impact on student health and wellness. And then uh, the main student group, which is the community coalition, the, the primary coalition, and then uh, that coalition is directed by a student prevention leader. That student prevention leader here on campus is Abigail Clemens. She's one of our uh, she started off with us with the group and uh, took over that role in, in May. And she's a current nursing student at Dixie State and getting ready to wrap up. But uh, And then she has a leadership team of four other individuals that serve kind of in the club leadership structure, just because that structure already exists on campus. But that's her leadership team. And they kind of mediate between the key leaders and the, the main coalition group. And then eventually, you I understand you want to probably get into some work groups mm -hmm. and, and go more a little bit deeper. So who funds the Healthy Trailblazer Coalitions program? Um, and are there others involved? Mm -hmm. in? Yeah, so the primary funding actually originates from a tax that's levied against e-cigarettes in the state of Utah. The, the Utah State Legislature set aside a piece of that every year for prevention efforts. So that goes to uh, the Utah Department of Health and then down to Southwest Utah Public Health, and then they distribute to community partners like ourselves. Yeah. And so uh, what other universities then are involved with this? Uh, currently, we also work with Southern Utah University, and they have a, a similar coalition there called the Healthy T-Birds Coalition. Cool. That, I mean, it sounds like you work well together, even mm -hmm. though they might be rivals on some yeah. other front. Yeah. We, we Actually, my student prevention leaders on each campus work very closely together, and it's, it's been interesting. The, the populations on the campuses have their own unique flair, but there's a lot of similarities as well. So a lot of what we've been able to do on one campus, we've been able to do on the other as well. And it's been nice to be able to work between the two campuses and have kind of twice the support to implement this model and get moving forward with our coalitions. Yeah. So we want everybody to know that this is really new and that you've mm -hmm. just started this. And, yeah. and, and so tell us a little bit about that. You held... Um, you, you also have resources available off campus or on campus for those who are struggling as well. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we just got started basically in January is when we really kicked off. Um, and uh, as a coalition, right now we're in kind of a capacity building phase. So we don't have any resources that are just specifically originating from the coalition, but our goal right now is to educate about the, the resources that do exist on campus, like the Booth Health and Wellness Center, um, uh, the peer support that's available through the uh, student affairs office uh, and then community partners as well, like the Utah support advocates for recovery awareness that work with people that are currently uh, in recovery or treatment for uh, substance use. 
Yeah. And a lot of other groups reach for hopes, another group that we kind of coordinate a little bit with and hope to build a stronger relationship with, but do a lot of work with uh, Southwest behavioral health as well. And they really support our coalition and, and come over and help us with a lot of the activities and things that we're doing. Well, we know that mental health is tied sometimes to Absolutely. drug and alcohol mm-hmm. addictions and things like that as well, because it's a coping mechanism, mm-hmm. correct? Self-medicating when you're, when you're struggling. That's, uh, it's not the only reason people use drugs. And, you know, one of the things that uh, we will focus a little bit on this coming year is, you know, sometimes drug addiction starts from uh, actually from uh, medications that you're prescribed for injuries or, uh, you know, which happens a lot in the college population. Uh, college kids tend to do stupid things and, and end up in situations where they, they, sustained injuries. Uh, it's also a common time period, get your wisdom teeth out and things like that. And so, uh, a lot of times these population, this population specifically is ending up with an opioid prescription for the first time. And, uh, you know, we're, we're doing better as a state with this, but historically we've prescribed opioids in a way that encourages addiction uh, prescribing, uh, for too long. Um, and so, you know, you can end up with an opioid addiction, even following the instructions of your physician, if you're not careful. Right. So, so we don't want that for uh, sure. And so educating is a big part of, mm-hmm. of, of what you do. Uh, tell us about, um, how that ties in then to our suicide prevention and, mm-hmm. um, the QPR trainings. I've talked about these before in mm-hmm. other programs, but it's question, um, refer, perf- Ref- question, refer, question, persuade, persuade refer. refer. Yes. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, how are these offered on campus? Uh, so QPR is offered through a variety of ways. Our office also runs the Utah Scholars Program on campus. So we actually train all of our students on QPR um, when they're in their first semester. Um, and then other than that, you know, that's one of those areas where we'd hope to, to better kind of improve awareness. Cause I'm not really sure even from this side where those trainings commonly take place for just a general student. Right. So I know that it's typically, you know, a, a club or a class that gets trained on it, but it's definitely something we'd like to make sure is available to students in general on campus. I want to hear more about that. And so would that possibly be included in your healthy trade? Oh, absolutely. Coalition? Yeah. It could definitely be something that we did. Something that we'll target is in, increasing the number of students that are QPR trained. Right. And basically all that is, is to just ask the question, persuade them yeah. to, you know, or go get helped. And that's a tough thing to talk it, about. It is. It is. And that's, it's really important that, you know, one of the big things with suicide prevention with, with mental health in general is getting past the stigmas and getting past, uh, you know, the kind of discouragement to talk about it. These conversations have to be had. And, um, definitely what, what QPR is designed to do is, uh, teach individuals when, when they're seeing a family member or a friend or an associate that seems like they're struggling to ask, are you struggling? Are you, you know, one of the big components of it is to ask directly, are you contemplating suicide? Uh, and have that conversation offer that support, you know, that sometimes that having that conversation can mean all the difference to somebody and getting them support. Um, and just coming out, you know, they may not want to admit that that's what they're feeling, but when you ask them kind of point blank, are you contemplating suicide, it, it you know, can get a little bit more of a true response from them. Now, coming from a stranger, they might want not, not want to answer that. So how, how do you persuade them to even at, answer the question? Uh, a lot of times I think that you'd hope it wouldn't be a stranger that's asking them that it's right. be somebody that they, they trust or that they at least know. But um, I think just if it is somebody that you're, you don't know and you know that they're struggling, you can really see signs and symptoms that that might be happening. I think just 
being empathetic and showing that you really do care. And that's one thing that's lost in the world today is, is being able to show empathy and being able to show that, you know, I might not know you, but I still care about you. I still, you know, I care about the people around me and I want you to be happy and healthy. And so just being willing to step up and say, Hey, I don't really know you, but you seem like you're struggling. Are you doing okay? Uh, you know, you don't just come right out and walk up to a stranger and say, you're contemplating suicide. Right. But you know, if you initiate a conversation to have a 10, 15 minute conversation and you can tell that things are going on there, you kind of work into that question if, if necessary. Maybe just a little bit of trust there would go a long way too. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> uh, what do you hope to accomplish in, in this upcoming year? Uh, if, according to the CTC model, kind of there's a process to, to get built as a coalition. So we're we're still in that early phase of the process. So uh, it'd be um, kind of a two-part thing. One is still building capacity. Uh, we have a, an excellent start on campus with our coalition, and we have a lot of support from administrators and faculty and staff and students, but we want to build more of that. Like you mentioned the work groups. We do want to be able to break into work groups to accomplish specific tasks, so we need to get more students involved actively with the coalition to be able to do that. Um, we're also looking to build our brand on campus a little bit more. We did hold an event um, in April, uh, just kind of introducing ourselves to the campus uh, community. We handed out t-shirts, pop sockets, stickers, things like that. So just so that students could start to see that we're here and uh, we want to continue to build on that brand and uh, kind of expand our reach so that students know that we're here and know that we're a resource and, and can look to us when they're, when they're struggling, when they want to find those resources. Um, but along with that capacity building, we're also looking at uh, getting involved with the campus community and starting to provide some some early resources. One of those being uh, we hope to plan activities on campus to just general wellness activities. Um, we're actually doing the first of those activities on Saturday, next Saturday, uh, June 12th. We're going to go hike. Uh, let me look up the, the name of the trail. It's a new trail that I'm not familiar with, but we're going to go on just a little wellness hike. Uh, just an opportunity to get out and have fun and meet people. Not, no commitments involved or anything like that. But uh, it is the. Um, and that's going to be early in the morning. Early in the morning, 8, 8 a.m. on Saturday, June 12th. We are going to be at the. Um, oh, geez, I didn't come prepared with the name. It's the. Oh, you can meet us in the parking lot. At, uh, um here, here in campus if you need a ride, but it's, uh, I want to say it's the, oh, there it is, Chuckwalla Chuck Trail. Oh, yeah, that's the, Chuck the one up Trail. on top of the mm -hmm. trail up there at yeah. SR18. Yeah. yeah, so you can meet us there at the Chuckwalla Trail uh, at 8 a.m. on the 12th, and we're going to go for a little hike and just get something fun like that. That's, we want to do nice some activities hike. like that, just get people out and socializing and, and de-stressing, because I think that's uh, something that's important is just providing those opportunities to get out and get to know other people and, yeah. you know, get, get away from the stress. Um, and we'll do educational events as well. We're hoping to, to do some work on campus with educating students about naloxone, uh, which if you're not familiar with what naloxone is, it's a drug reversal, drug overdose reversal medication. So right. somebody Used overdoses. For opi opioids, right? Sp specifically for opioids, yeah. Uh, so we hope to do some education. And uh, we actually just had the opportunity. We partnered with USARA here this week and was able to get uh, some um, Narcan, which is the same thing as naloxone. Narcan mm -hmm. is just the nasal version. Uh, so we, we were able to get Narcan kits for the Dixie State Police Department that hadn't had them, I think, for like two years. Yeah. They, they were without them. So we were able to connect uh, them with resources in the community and get them some kits. So, uh, And that's another aim of the coalition. Something we'll be doing this year is trying to make sure 
that students understand that the Dixie State Police Department is your ally in this, that they're here to help. And absolutely, uh, you know, if you're struggling with substance use or you're struggling with suicide prevention, they want to be seen as a resource and as somebody you can turn to as help. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's a great, great thing to say. They're great people. Um, I really, really do enjoy interacting with the, the, the officers here on, on campus and um, that's one of the things that we'd want all students to know is that, you know, those officers are your friends. They're not here to get you in trouble. They're not here to, to penalize you. They're, the pri- their primary objective is to keep people safe and healthy. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Talk, talk to us a little bit about this survey that you guide, guys did. You're, you're working on a survey. Tell us about that. What, what's that all about? Yeah. So um, they do a survey nationwide on all college campuses called Achinacha. And that's a substance use and mental health survey. Um, and it, it gets uh, usage rates and things of that nature, but it doesn't really dig into why students are using or why they're having the issues that they are. So we designed a kind of a complementary survey that really digs into what we call risk and preventative factors for uh, substance use and suicide prevention. So understanding uh, if for the students that are using drugs or that are struggling with mental health issues, what are the factors that, that's contributing to that? And, mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be able to use the results from that survey. We've already got some preliminary results, but we'll be able to use that to really understand what we can do to make a difference to to get upstream and help prevent those issues. So what kinds of programs then might you be looking at starting? Um, you know, focus groups is one of the things that uh, has been brought up as a potential option. Um, you know, as, as a coalition, we're not really to the point yet where we're ready to, to implement any robust uh, resources like that. But, um, one of the things that is on that survey that we really want to focus with early on is making sure students are aware of how to take advantage of the resources that do exist. Mm-hmm. So before we uh, look at what resources are necessary to bring into campus, we want to understand how to, to maximize the resources that are here already. Um, and then something else has happened on campus this semester is they've completed something called JED campus, uh, a JED campus assessment and JED campus is, uh, a national organization as well. They've actually done assessments on all the campuses uh, in the state of Utah this year. And um, it's a group that particularly focus on, focuses on substance use and um, on mental health and suicide prevention. And, uh, you know, that group came in on campus this semester and, uh, you know, did some questions with campus and did some assessments to understand what resources that we need. Right. Um, and that's kind of what we'll, as a coalition, will allow to inform us on what resources we should target and bring in. And, uh, they, they finished up that assessment this semester, but we're still kind of working on getting the final recommendations back from that group. So, And if somebody wanted to look that up, that's JED, J-E-D. Correct. And it had to do with the name of a, of a student, student who, who committed suicide. took his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, his family started a foundation after he committed yeah, suicide. Yeah, I went online and read about that, and I was mm-hmm. like, what is this JED? Mm-hmm. You know, and I thought it was really cool that the parents... Yeah, help support that and get it started because Absolutely. it really seems like a real worthwhile program too. Sure. So, um, tell us a little bit about who's the most susceptible population on our campus, or do we have certain types or groups, or are we everywhere? Uh, I think we're probably a little bit of everywhere. Mm-hmm. Definitely the, and I'm going to butcher this uh, abbreviation because I keep adding our acronym because I keep adding to it. But the LGBTQI plus is yeah, that what it's up I'm to now? I'm not sure where. Um, yeah, this, this subgroup, they have some resources, but it's limited. And uh, I think that population struggles, especially with finding resources and acceptance, but, uh, the freshman population as well really struggles, um, just with that identity, discovering their identity. Um, 
And then I think there's just a lot of risk factors that smaller subgroups really struggle with. Um, Athletes being one of them potentially just Mm. struggling with additional physical and and mental stresses. Um, You know, there's different needs for students that live in on-campus housing versus students that are uh, living off campus and, you know, students that are from Washington County versus students that are from out of state. There's, I think there's different stressors and factors that contribute to all of those different groups. Yeah. So how do you, um, target them and, and what is, is there a different way to approach it or do you just, is it one size fits all? How do you no, deal with that? It's difficult. You know, at this level where we're just getting started, you just kind of pick one intervention that's going to have the most impact across campus. Uh, but that that's the kind of the beauty of the communities that care model is it'll give us the capacity to be able to drill down a little bit more and, and have some more specific interventions for those groups. But, uh, you know, one of the things that we really want to focus on on campus is coordinating efforts with with existing uh, resources on campus. Yeah. Um, you know, there's the Booth Health and Wellness has a lot of resources. The Student Affairs has resources there. Campus has really taken an active role in, in getting advisors involved in, in the health and wellness of their students as well. And, um, you know, that's how, you, how do you get to those subpopulations as you work together. And instead of everybody trying to have a broad stroke, everybody picks a lane and gets involved with filling a gap that's needed. So that's one of the things that we'll do as a coalition to really be able to, to drill down and make sure some of those underserved populations are, are get services that aren't now is working with our other partners on campus to determine who's not getting resources and what are gaps and trying to work on filling those gaps. So do you do interventions? Uh, as a coalition, not yet. Um, I, I hope that there's a day that we're able to get to where we do interventions, but we're, we're a prevention coalition. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really the place of the students to get involved in treatment. Right. Uh, and so we'll always refer to the Booth Health and Wellness Center and the community partners for treatment for mental health services, but we do want to get involved in interventions for prevention. Right. Now, uh, I understand you don't want to duplicate services, obviously. Mm-hmm. So what other groups might you be looking to to improve the conditions here on campus? Definitely the uh, Booth Health and Wellness Center is one of the primary groups. They have a lot of services that they offer, and they do, they do the QPR on campus. They do counseling. They do some basic health care stuff. Um, Student Affairs is another group that gets really involved with, like, the peer mentors and things. We'll want to work with them. And then uh, definitely work with uh, the Dean of Students Office and the Vice President of Academic Affairs. And um, you know, there's a group that's working a little bit on campus called Trula that's doing some things as, as well, but just really any of these groups that are doing anything with health and wellness, we want to get involved with some, there'll be some involvement a little bit with, uh, outdoor rec and some of these groups that do wellness things as well. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things that we're still fleshing out. We're so new that we know some of the partners on campus, but we're really going to take this year to focus on making sure we know what all of the resources are and who everybody is on campus. And, uh, use that opportunity to see where the gaps are and what we can, where we can fit in as a, as a group and not replicate services. And the event that you held earlier this spring, uh, looked like it was very successful. You had yeah. games and things out there for people mm-hmm. to do. Um, does that get people excited? And- I think so. Yeah. I mean, student college students always appreciate when you get free things away. So, <laughs> you know, that, I think they really appreciated. We had some snacks, some healthy snacks there and some t-shirts and things that they were able to get. But, um, we came to that event with somewhere around 490 t-shirts. I think we gave about 450 of them away. Um, so we really somewhere between four and 500 students at least stopped by that event and chatted with us and got some, some prizes and played some games. So, uh, you know, it's, it's tough during the middle of the day, students are, are back and forth between classes. So not every student could stop and spend as much time as I think they wanted to, but we definitely created a little bit of a buzz on campus. 
Yeah, and that's exactly what you want to do. Exactly. And even off campus, I mean, uh, you have the support network mm-hmm. already from the Southwest Utah Behavioral Health Center, mm-hmm. plus Southwest, Southwest Public, Public Health, USARA. And, uh, and I'm sure there's others out there, even mm-hmm. maybe even Intermountain eventually, or something yeah. might be able to come into play. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, that's one of the other things is uh, we want to play a, not only coordinating resources on campus, but bridging the gap for some resources in the community as well. Because uh, these there's <clears throat> the population on campus, they're, they're also a part of the population in the, in the city and in the, the county. And uh, those resources apply to them as well. So we want to be able to help bring those resources and make sure they're aware of them as well. And as well as the police departments, as you said, on campus, Mm -hmm. off campus, the county. I mean, there's a whole plethora of support groups that we could pull together and eventually maybe have one big support group, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of the role that we've tried to take on early on as a coalition is just being a connector among existing resources because sometimes it's hard to just get together and have a conversation and coordinate what everybody's doing and that's one of the roles we're trying to fill okay really last uh quickly tell us how somebody get a hold of you how would they contact yeah so we have social media um it's probably the best way to get a hold of us um the healthy trailblazers coalition on facebook and instagram and then healthy trailblazers co on twitter uh you can get on there and and dm us and our our student prevention leader will jump on and, and answer back and if they want to be a part of your group, they should yeah, get same involved. F- yeah, definitely. You can uh, you can actually find signups on our social media, but you can DM us and we can get you involved that way as well. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining yeah, us, Casey. Thank you for having me. Wish you the best success. Thank Absolutely. you very thank much you. for joining us. And thanks again. And uh, thank you for listening. And remember, if you or know someone, uh, contact, at reach out for help. The Reach for Hope Coalition wants you to know that we care about you and we are here to help. If you or someone you know is thinking about suicide, reach out. You're not alone. To access resources for yourself or others, visit our webpage at reachforhopeutah.org. That's reach the number four, hopeutah.org. If you are experiencing a crisis, please call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. Because you matter, and there is always hope. This has been a production from A Podcast Studio.